You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast. Woo-hoo. Oh, was that, was that early? Yeah, that early? Right. Okay. so excited to podcast, yeah. Jeremy. You, you, guys, you guys know what it, what it says. You guys know what we do. What do we do? Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventures and all the gear that goes with it. Good job, Chase. Boom. It's like you've been here before. Once or twice. Yeah. I'm your host, <clears throat> Greg Reynolds, <laughs> among my two greatest co-hosts in all the land. <clears throat> no, I'm combining. I'm your host time. Greg Reynolds, yeah. and I've invited two <laughs> two schmoes to join us. No. All right, what are we talking about this week? So winter camping. So uh, why do- would anyone, for the law, <laughs> go winter camping? I I hear you, except that I I used to feel that way. Now I love it, but every time I go out... Do you have a cabin? Is that- <laughs> yeah, like, if there's a yurt... All you need is a yurt fire. or a cabin or whatever. See, and that's the problem is the last few winter trips I've been on, it's been like yurt camping, yeah. and that's just ruined me for any type Yurts of... are nice, oh, man. so nice to have a wood-burning fireplace yeah. and, or stove and, and dry place to dry out everything and stuff. You can stand up <laughs> in a yurt. Yeah. yeah. But winter camping like staying in a tent or a snow cave or something can be awesome but there are a few keys that you need to you can't skimp on a, a few certain things otherwise you're gonna have a rough time okay so um first of all let's maybe talk about all the gear that you do need for winter camping just the basic gear so you need it if you're gonna stay in a tent some sort of four season tent and four season tent is something that is uh, a little sturdier, a little more durable than a three-season tent. Usually has a sturdier pole structure, additional poles and, and stronger poles and stuff. A rain fly that goes all the way to the ground. And then usually on the inner tent, the mesh can be covered up. Because the last thing you want is for the wind to be blowing and blow snow under your rain fly and up into your tent. So you really Ooh. need to be able to cover the mesh. Yeah. So that's- oh, so speaking of, I was watching it's on disney channel right now um it's a film that is it's the beyonce one isn't it it, it, does beyonce have one on disney channel yeah don't act like you don't know wait disney channel disney channel or the disney plus app disney well disney plus i don't know i call it all so beyonce had this thing i didn't watch it but you're the one who knows about it i don't even know about it know about it no i don't i don't have disney plus Listen, or Disney Channel. Nothing. You don't have kids yet. You'll get there. I'm, exactly. I'm out of the loop. You'll no, get there. Nothing against Beyonce, but I didn't know about. Anyway, <laughs> the movie I watched the other day was the the it's ever, something about something Everest. They go and search for Mallory's partner, oh. Irvine. Irvine. Yeah, um, was that the one with Conrad Anchor? 
Is that the so Conrad found Mallory? Oh right. But this group is it's it's Mark Sinnet, I think is his name. Oh yeah. And then uh, Renan Ozturk and, yeah, and another guy, and they're going to find the partner to Mallory because the partner apparently had the camera. So they don't know. They still don't know if they summoned it or not, right? So they have to climb Everest to go. Anyway, this was like two years ago. Do you remember that big old long line on Everest that was made famous? That was they were up there, not in that line, but they were up there at the exact same time. time. Yeah, and and they were seeing the, these news releases and were just thinking, oh, please don't think it's us. We're not in that line. But while they were going up to. Um, their high camps they had these those giant north face tents and you're talking about these winter tents you know these north face tents and it was breaking poles the thing was like the breaking poles on these everest north face tents and then the one it just takes off and it shows the camera it shows like this tent just flying over everest (laughs) stuff in up in the blue sky just (laughs) yellow tent just flying over everest the caught in the jet stream you know like who knows where that thing's coming down (laughs) coming down pretty wild yeah oh man who freaking knows but that that was wild to watch i mean you know they you know you have the money you're like i'm going to everest we're buying the best tent you can buy and yet they still not enough they're still not good enough yeah so but should have got a hilliberg which <laughs> why don't they use hilliberg's at the I mean, they, they do they do they, they do? do but a lot of for example mark sanat is a north face athlete. he is north face yeah right and so they're going to use north face gear and um you know, Mount used to be, you pretty much mostly saw North Face expedition tents back in like the 80s and 90s. And, a little and, marmot. And Hilleberg. Yeah. And, and a few marmot and stuff and Hilleberg. But then you, then in like the 90s, you started seeing a lot more mountain hardware tents. Oh, the Trango yeah, a tents. lot those, more. Those yeah. are all over the place. And then those started to suck. And so... Um, <laughs> So they stopped using those as much. Okay. They still do a little bit. And uh, you, but but the one tent brand that's been up there that's kind of been a consistent tent is Hilleberg. They're not as flashy. You, I mean, if you know what you're looking for, you see them all over the place. But they're not as flashy. They're not. Um, you tend to not see. You know, you get like a mountain hardware sponsored expedition documentary whatever north face or whatever you're going to see those things all over the place but in the most extreme places where people are serious about climbing mountains or exploring places you're going to see hilleberg tents and so does they are up there does hilleberg have athletes uh they probably do i don't know i was gonna look at that right yeah i mean i think they do I don't know if they have like Hilleberg athletes, but I do think. I don't think they do. I think it's just the boat, the Hilleberg family. Yeah. But I do think that, um, there are athletes that have relationships with Hilleberg relationships with Hilleberg that have gone and done cool things with their tents. Uh, not that Hilleberg's paying for it, but that, you know, like the North face will, will finance in some cases expeditions and provide all the gear and stuff like that. Whereas I don't think Hilleberg does that. Um, anyway, yeah, if you if you really want to get into into uh, winter camping, winter backcountry travel, and all that stuff, Hilleberg's about as good as it gets. Um, there are other brands out there that you can get good stuff. I've got an MSR Four Season MSR tent that I like. I don't like it as much as the Hilleberg, but it is lighter. I mean, it's. It's a two-person four-season. It's three and a half pounds, four pounds, something like that. Three and a half pounds mm. for a four-season tent. That's 
lighter than you're going to get from Hilleberg, but it's not quite the Hilleberg standard, not quite the Hilleberg quality. So anyway, so you need your good, you need some some good solid shelter. You're going to want to have a nice warm sleeping pad, like really warm. And that's as important as having a warm Thermarest, Nemo. Yeah, any of those. Maybe even two pads. Marmot. A lot of people in the winter, they like to have a closed cell foam pad and an inflatable. And have a closed cell foam pad as a backup in case something happens to the inflatable pad. Or just for the extra warmth or whatever. But sometimes two pads. I've got the Thermarest X-Therm pad. That's warm enough. That's plenty warm on its own. But I actually have put a crampon through my sleeping pad on an mm. overnight winter trip, and that was a cold night. So <laughs> it's not fun. Um, so yeah, you just you, you do need to have a good, reliable, warm pad. Um, warm sleeping bag. Around here in the lower 48, zero degrees, usually plenty. Maybe maybe if you're going to Yellowstone or you're going somewhere really cold, you need like a negative 20. Uh, if you're sleeping in a tent, if you make a snow cave, you generally are good with a zero degree or sometimes even a 20 degree. Because if you build the snow cave right or an igloo or something, you build it right, then you can have temperatures in the high high 20s, low 30s. Um, and really a 20 degree sleeping bag is plenty at that point. So, um, I just That's why you just go to your yurt and then you take your... <laughs> Your, uh, <laughs> your 40, 30, 35 degree bag, 40 degree bag, and, and super comfy. Sleep in your uh, speedo, and you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no worries. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of yurts. And, uh, backcountry skiing trips are so much better in a yurt versus a tent. Uh, you can dry your stuff. It's out just after they're just trip. yurts are hard to haul back in there. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um. But there are a few things. So those are all just kind of the standard things. You need your stove and your your whatever. But there's a few key things that I've found that if you want to have a good time, an enjoyable time winter camping. Call Greg. You need a few. If you want to have a good time yeah. winter camping, call Greg. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I mean, I'm a party. You guys know me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just a party waiting to happen. Yep. So um, there's a few key pieces. One is a really warm down jacket that mm-hmm. you can just sit around camp in and be toasty like you know down sweaters and stuff are fine if you're out hiking and moving you're going to be plenty warm if you're moving around in them but if you sit and you're not you're not sitting around a fire but you actually just kind of sit in the cold and it's zero degrees out those aren't warm enough you need a big puffy parka you need a big puffy jacket that you can hide in and it just be cozy comfortable in addition to that insulated pants yes man dude those game, things are amazing game changer. they really are game changer you introduced me to those yeah i i didn't know they existed yeah and i'm like what and then i got some and they are yeah unreal oh they're amazing yeah, yeah we call them we always call them happy pants um, <laughs> of course you do because, <laughs> because uh <laughs> When you go winter camping. Yeah, babe, I got my happy pants on. (laughs) Just walking around the house with my insulated winter pants. Happy pants. Um, Yeah, so it it really is the difference between... And and I use my happy pants for ice climbing. I use them for uh, backcountry, multi-day backcountry touring, um, for, for winter camping. I take them on yurt trips even. Just 
having something where you can put them on and it's like the like the cold disappears because you know you put on a a warm down jacket and you're like oh i feel warm but you can still feel the cold on your legs well you put on happy pants on you don't even feel them on your legs and it's like it's like the winter is gone even though there's snow all over so i'm not a big camper okay winter camper right but i wear my (laughs) happy pants every year when i emcee the powder keg yeah because i'm sitting in shade shadow at the top of a mountain for hours and it's freaking cold out it's normally zero degrees it it'll get up into the maybe the teens by the time i leave but every morning i get up there it's zero degrees it's freaking cold and i throw on the happy pants and i can sit there and i can emcee a race for hours it, in and comfortable. and it's Be comfortable yeah it's pretty comfortable <laughs> i mean it is still zero but yeah right uh, it makes an enormous difference yeah. in other words so uh and it's weird because you know we buy these big coats and then we walk around in our jeans or whatever you know right. we don't ever think about keeping our legs warm but if you put i mean my my resort snowboard pants are insulated and it like you put those on and it's like, it's impossible for me to get cold. Yeah. They're so warm. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the ones that I have, I've got some mountain hardware compressor pants. They might, st- I don't know if they still make them. I think they make a version of them. Um, probably not as good as they used to be. Just mm-hmm. saying. Um, but you have the Rab ones, right? Don't you have, aren't yours Rab? I think mine are OR. OR? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Somebody has the Rab ones. Um, anyway, my father-in-law has the Arc'teryx version, and there's every every yeah. co- most companies make a type of insulated pant, uh, synthetic insulated pant. You can get some down insulated ones too. I prefer synthetic ones because uh, I'm not as paranoid about tearing them or or whatever. They're not as expensive <laughs> as well if I have to replace them. But I was just thinking about this because you, you're my technical apparel is either or or rap i i was on a tour that tour that we went on earlier this week yeah and i looked down and i was like wow i'm wearing rap pants a rap jacket a rap down piece and a rap buff <laughs> sponsored, <laughs> this, is, sponsored. This, this is really awkward <laughs> yeah but i, I don't love them. i don't i mean i own arcteryx but not hardly any of it and i we, we just recently got patagonia in the store so just don't own enough of that but all yeah all of my tech apparel is or or rab i did have a norona um base layer on don't um, you have a really nice norona jacket or uh, two I, I all my norona stuff was like base and mid layers oh, okay. like jacket stuff don't you have a uh, some fly low bibs yeah do you like those still i do um but i got a new pair of rab pants for touring for touring um <clears throat> and they are superior but I, I think i'm a i'm a bib fan are you um for touring i mean it, it does get hot when you're touring yeah. but i don't love wearing like a belt i just yeah i so what i think i'm gonna do is just buy some suspenders for them well and not only that but you fall a lot when you ski oh my gosh <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> and so one time you need one time <laughs> i'm never gonna live this down and you were probably standing on the skin track or something and just tripped yeah. over and fell if i remember right so greg can make fun of me for skiing but the last time i skied with greg we turned around because his feet hurt yeah so 
Yeah, I I was I also fell over like six <laughs> times did. in about thirty minutes because it hurt <laughs> so, so bad, bad to stand on my feet. That was those that was those Dinafit boots that, that now I, that, that you love. love now. Yeah. But it took a while to get used to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anyways. I'm, I've got a I've got a um an appointment with a doctor next week to try to figure out what's wrong with my feet. You need feet transplants or something? Yeah, I think I'm gonna get some feet transplants. <laughs> feet transplants. <laughs> you some good. Ugh. Yeah, so I've got these lumps in my arches. Oh, no, stop. This is winter camping, not lumpy arches. The new lumpy arches podcast brought to you by. I've got the lumpy arches that if I get if I get a boot that's shaped just wrong and it puts a little bit of pressure on the arch in the wrong spot, it, it, I, have to, I have to have sloppy boots to hike up hill comfortably and, of course, tight boots to ski down well. And it just, I can't do both. Hmm. And so I'm I'm gonna see what's going on, see if the doctor can help me out with that. But anyway, um, yeah. So uh, so you need your happy pants. You need a good warm down jacket. I usually do. You always pack a shovel too. Yeah, I usually do. Um, just because it's handy to have around your campsite. Dig out a a platform for your tent or somewhere to sit or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Another thing, though, that I find, I always take really warm mittens, but I almost never wear them, like ever. I bought some really warm black diamond mittens years ago um, that I I bought them because I thought I was going to go climb Denali, and we and then our plans fell through and we never went. You probably use, use them up there. <clears throat> right, and so, yeah, I bought them for that, but then anytime i go winter camping i'm like i'm just gonna throw these in they're lightweight they're super warm i've got them as a emergency backup and i never put them on the reason why is because when i'm wearing my happy pants and my warm jacket uh, the happy pants <laughs> i just can't my hands just don't get cold even what in, about your even feet in, even in thin gloves because i'm a huge down booty fan i, I will... love i love down booties yeah um what i actually end up doing though more than down booties what i usually do is i just I sleep in my, um, sometimes I sleep in my ski boot liners Really? to dry them out. Yeah. So, mm. Because if you take <clears throat> off your sweaty ski boot liners and you just leave them out in the cold and they freeze and they're just solid ice and then you put your feet in them and your feet are, feet are solid, solid ice. ice. And uh, it's not ideal for sleeping in a down sleeping bag, obviously. Um, but I... I do that sometimes, and usually they're dry, and my feet stay warm in the morning. But then my sleeping bags kind of wet. That's a one-nighter, then. Yeah, that's I have a, a I have an idea for you, and I know that. So Greg is doing a lot of design. He's designing a lot of apparel, um, and I'm one out of the three here that doesn't have any insulated happy pants. Oh. So if you want to try your hand at making some happy pants, I no, mean, I, I would. Don't. I would <laughs> Uh, I was trying. You know. Wow, that was, here's, was here's worth the, the try. Here's the problem. Answer. I, you know, I could try. I could try, but here's the problem. Doing sewing up multi-layer things is so much harder than um, than just like one layer. So I've got these. I've got these new touring pants that I just just made. I I was wearing them this morning. I thought I'd show you guys. And so they're windstopper in the in the butt and the back of the leg and the upper part of the um pants kind of around the the crotch and upper part of the legs and stuff and then Gore-Tex from like mid thigh down on the front part 
and um there i mean and i've got some zippers and some other events and stuff like that and they're a challenge to sew but really not too bad but then suddenly you have to do that plus a layer of insulation plus an inner layer all together and like have it turn out well it's hard so, so you i can try you can't do it huh? i don't have the skills no okay well, no you actually said it, you know? actually i probably could i i actually have insulation <clears throat> i have some climate shield insulation which is like a a different brand of primaloft type type stuff mm -hmm. i have some climate shield insulation i've got some ripstop nylon i could make some for you if you want so, i could I mean, try i'm not gonna turn them down i'll be your tester yeah i could try um i don't have zippers because you want to have zippers along the outside that you can zip them on and off put them on and off without taking your just like off. rain pants and um mm. i don't have zippers long enough for it so i'm gonna have to buy some zippers i can i can pay you for what you need okay yeah. i i might have all the fabric that i need i just might need you to buy some zippers okay and then i can make some for i you. know a guy i can buy some zippers okay yeah <laughs> all right um what about what you what do you do for your base layers um winter I, camping base most layer. of my most of my base layers are some form of merino wool whether it's merino blend or or full merino <clears throat> and i like <clears throat> i like those i also have some base layers from la sportiva that are um uh uh shoot what's the um, what's the fabric that used to the material that used to be used in base layers that would stink really bad after wearing just a synthetic? Uh, yeah, it was like it's, it was a poly polypropylene. polypropylene. Yeah, so there's so polypropylene is amazing at managing moisture and drying and and, and all that stuff. Really good, but it stinks super bad so, after like one day. So I that's before I moved to wool, I would wear polypropylene shirts for trail running races old like the 50ks and stuff yeah and i couldn't drive with myself on the way home <laughs> oh, so like bad. it's horrible <laughs> right. yeah so i'm like where does this much funk come from so heli hansen used to make these base layers out of polypropylene and they became really really well known for these base layers because they work so well and they have the stripes on the shoulders and stuff but they got the nickname smelly heli <laughs> because of no way because of their polypropylene oh. base layers so so <laughs> that is funny yeah you want to avoid that nickname now <laughs> so the the problem is is that the polypropylene it would like wick moisture really well but it would allow nasty stuff to grow on it uh in it and that's why it Ooh. stinks so bad so but now they have different types of chemical washes and stuff they can put in that are antibacterial so that you don't get the funky smells and so yeah i don't know about you guys but i don't love growing stuff in my base layers i do no. i love it no i love it takes all kinds yeah so um oh. but i've got some la sportiva base layers that is made of polypropylene polypropylene blend that is treated so that it won't stink after wearing it one day i still don't wear like it for multiple days but yeah it's like a polygene treatment or something like that so it doesn't stink and I dare say I think I like that better than merino wool only because it dries more quickly. Mm. I um, like the Rab's Kokona stuff too. Oh, yeah, too. that stuff's too um, good too. It it's not as soft, but it dries really fast. Yeah, it doesn't stink. It doesn't stink, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like those for base layers. 
footwear though down booties of some sort yeah. something you can wear around camp that's nice and clean the other thing you can do um if you're if you're on a backcountry skiing trip and you want to keep your boot liners dry you can wear a um like a waterproof sock underneath your normal socks is like a vapor barrier so that the sweat's not getting out into your boots and soaking your boot liners mm. and that's probably the best way to do it and then when you get into camp you just take off your socks which are also pretty dry and you take off the vapor barriers that are sweaty and gross and wipe your wipe your feet down and then put on new dry socks for sleeping that that works the best and mm. that's that's really the best way to do it and i that's how i do it when i'm smart and i think about it and then but there <laughs> there have been plenty of trips where i i'm on the trip and i'm hiking and i'm thinking shoot i forgot my vapor barrier socks or whatever so i mean you can even just put like bread bags around your feet and then put socks over the top of it as a vapor barrier it's not wait 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 so you have feet and then bread bag, plastic and bread bag. You don't you, get you can, blisters or anything. Well, you can do it that way, or you can do a liner sock, bread bag, and normal sock over the top of it. Something to just keep the moisture from getting into soaking your boot, your boot liners or whatever, yeah. so that they stay dry, and then you don't have mm. to sleep in your wet, soggy liners. Vapor barriers are amazing for cold weather stuff. You can do vapor barrier sleeping bag liners. It adds some warmth to your to your bag, like 10 or 15 degrees, but it also just keeps your down dry so that you don't, like if you sleep in a down bag for, if you're gonna be out there for four or five days, you definitely want a vapor barrier liner because you'll sleep warm the first night and the second night you'll be a little less warm and then the third night a little less warm and the fourth night because you're sweating, you're putting off moisture and it gets trapped in the bag and freezes. And then the more moisture you get into the down, the less the down lofts and the less it insulates. And by day five, your your zero degree sleeping bag is now a 25 degree sleeping bag just because the down's not lofting. You use a vapor barrier liner and what about you're going to have a zero degree bag the whole week. The moisture that's in your tent affecting the top side of your sleeping bag. Usually when it's cold enough, you're your sleeping bag on the outside the shell fabric is going to keep the moisture out if it's cold enough um, but if it if it warms up above freezing so you've got liquid water then you then you could have some issues west the western mountaineering bags i think i've told the story in the podcast before but i was in a yurt i was on a yurt trip with my wife i had my western bag my wife had her marmot bag and somebody hung their wet ski clothes over the top of our bags and so in the middle of the night it woke up and my wife was awake and like her bag was soaked because all the water had been dripping off of these snowy clothes or whatever onto her bag and it mm -hmm. had soaked into her bag and she was kind of cold and she was trying to figure out what was going on and it's like oh white like it must be dripping on you and not on me and then i looked at mine and i had a big puddle of water sitting on top of my bag that hadn't soaked in and i just like rolled over a little bit and the water rolled off onto the ground and my bag was fine and that's and, uh, from the fabric they use yeah they use it or, or the sew yeah they use a tighter weave nylon a higher, weave not the sew but they also have they've got a good dwr and they calendar the fabric which means they take the fabric through hot rollers which helps to get the fibers tighter together and make some more water resistant and stuff hmm. and so it's more durable more water resistant probably less breathable i don't know but um yeah i've 
that's great. So if you've got a Western bag, you're probably good. If you got other lesser bags, <laughs> um, sorry, then you may you probably be fine. If it's a newer bag, if it's an older bag, it might be worth treating the outside of your bag with some sort of a water resistant. Like TX Direct, Nick Wax TX Direct, or something like that. What's your pro tips for like? Do you put? Do you build the snow up around your tent? Like, how, you know, what's the best way to melt water? Like some of those other yeah. basics. Um, the best way to melt water is with a an MSR reactor stove. That's about the only way, or or a white gas stove of some sort. But canister stoves, still jet MSR oils and stuff, just don't really work um, very well, and so. Uh, you can do use a remote canister stove, the the kind where you have the canister with a hose running from that over to the stove that you can flip the canister upside down. Those work well during the winter, um, although they drink the fuel. Um, you can, yeah. So all of those things are 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 good. I was on a on a winter trip in the Cirque of the Towers. We me and my buddy took snowmobiles into the trailhead and then skinned into the Cirque of the Towers to do some climbing years ago. And he had a good idea. He brought he brought some um, plastic, some black plastic bags. Actually, he had, he had made this. He had made some bags where on the back side of it it was black and on the front side of it was clear. And he kind of used it like almost like a solar water heater or whatever. But he had multiple layers of this bag. And I don't even know how he taped it all together or whatever. But he put a bunch of snow on the inside of the bag and then laid it out in the sun. And the bag would just heat up and melt all the snow. And so during the day when we were out climbing, it was melting. And when we got back, we had like gallons of water. That's crazy. That's a great idea. And then, if the sun's uh, out. Yeah. And then we yeah. just put it in the stove and boil it to make our mountain house or whatever. So, huh. yeah, as long as the sun was out, it worked. And if it didn't, then we got back and it was still snow. <laughs> um, but that was kind of cool. That was Phil's idea, and, and it worked pretty well. Um, anyway, you can, yeah, there's a lot of different things you can do. But generally in the winter, you're, you want to take more fuel than normal, maybe double the fuel because you need to use fuel for melting snow, boiling water, and fuel and for cooking your food and stuff so um what other things some people like to take a small uh like hand broom or something like a real lightweight small hand broom that you can use to to sweep the snow and stuff out of your tent just to try to keep your tent drier the less snow in the tent the drier and more comfortable everything is going to be so usually try to take your boots off before you get in the tent and and just try to keep the inside of your tent as dry as possible it's really nice sometimes for those people that have uh the like pyramid style tents that don't have a floor you can set that up over the snow and then dig down um underneath them and you can kind of dig out a place for cooking where you can stand and walk around but that's out of the wind and out of the snow um if you're going to be there for in a camp area for more than a day or two it's probably worth taking something like that because then you can sit around in relative warmth under those things um out of the out of the wind you can cook you can walk around you're not going to be stuck in a small tent the whole time if you've got bad weather and stuff so that's pretty nice and then of course you can dig a snow cave or you can build a pyramid uh, a uh, an igloo if you 
know how to build an igloo, man. Those things are so comfy and they stay pretty warm. I'm not real great at igloos, but Daniel Turner from Weber State, I was on a backcountry skiing trip with him and he built it a sweet igloo. It was awesome. And uh, it was roomy. They could stand up, walk around in it, mm. stayed warm. It was awesome. So, yeah, if, you, if you've got those skills, then that's a good way to do it. There you go. Uh, I built this on that same trip. I built the snow cave, and I had the genius idea because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> a thinker like that. Thinker. Yeah. The genius idea to, um, you know, instead of doing a snow cave that's round like an igloo <clears throat> on the inside, I was like, hey, if we kind of square off the, the roof like, a little bit, like a hexagon get, thing, we get a little bit more room in in here, and it's a little more comfortable. And we're like, yeah, what a great idea. So we start kind of squaring off the roof or whatever, and. And it was much roomier that night. And then we went to sleep. (laughs) No, it wasn't colder, actually. It was roomier. It was fine. Everything, we went to sleep. And when I woke up in the morning, I woke up and I opened my eyes. And the top of the snow cave was about four inches above my head. (laughs) Oh, I would freak out. Uh, I did. I did freak out a little bit. I was just like, oh, my gosh. And I was was sleeping up on a, um, up on like a little sleeping shelf that was above the, the level of the door so that it's warmer because the warm air rises or whatever so i just kind of like in my sleeping bag just sort of slid off of this sleeping shelf down to the floor where there's a little more room and then slid out of the thing and, and my buddy we were looking in and you look in the snow cave and on the sides where the walls are it's nice and high as normal but the roof went and like sagged way down because it warmed up and because it wasn't a dome shape it had collapsed but didn't didn't collapse all the way just like sunk way down so we instead of having like three feet three foot high four foot high ceiling in our snow cave it was like 18 inches high when we woke up in the morning man i would wake up in a panic yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, no thanks it was a little panicky so anyway um yeah don't do that (laughs) okay okay done all right there's probably a lot more about winter camping that we could talk about lots of the tips and other things but uh we've probably been going on quite a ah, 30 more. minutes yeah, yeah so there we go time to wrap this one up so uh thanks for joining us for this podcast today if you enjoy the podcast please subscribe and t- tell your friends and also um leave us a friendly review if you would that yeah. helps helps other five people star. find our podcast friendly Only. equals five star yeah yeah so yeah. um also, uh, check out gear30.com, G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. For Running a code right now with 15% off a lot of stuff on there. So if there you, you want to get 15% off your purchase, there's a code on right there on the homepage for you. Yep. And uh, I think that's it. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you on the next episode.